When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was wondering where you were going to go, and now I kind of see what you're doing. Hour number three on a Thursday. Chad and Zay, Isaiah still on his honeymoon. And after yesterday's show of entire, the entire show of Houston hip-hop, Cameron and I got accused of being the whitest show possible. Then another listener reminded us, that's the Paul Feinbaum show. <laughs> but Cameron then took the challenge of playing an entire show of music he thinks white people like. So, so far, we've had Neil Diamond, Leonard Skinner, The Killers, and Oasis. And now, for the beat to start the third hour, correct me if I'm wrong, you're going with Macklemore. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, would this be Macklemore, or would it technically be Macklemore and Ryan Lewis? Is that the, the guy I'm thinking of? And they're both white, so I think it works out. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, Macklemore gets us started this hour. Uh, I'm Chad Hastings. He is Cameron Parker uh, hanging out with me again today. I appreciate his great work and we also appreciate the great work of this next guest who uh, I am cruelly making work a little more today, a little earlier than normal. It's the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, even though he's sitting right in here in the studio with us. He is Patrick Davis of Ball Don't Lie and in Sincerious, returning back tonight at 8 o'clock, it's Patrick Davis on Twitter. How are you, sir? I'm doing good if you want to go with the whitest song uh it's the macarena and i know that it's by a band that is not white but i don't think anyone but white people have ever listened to it now that's a great that's a great like expanded definition because yes white the songs white people like don't all have to be done by white people yes yeah i think one of the great white pieces of white music ever is baby got back i really do Hmm. Have you ever been in a room full of white people when that song fires up? <laughs> it's true. That is true. It changes their lives. Yeah. My wife will not let you finish a sentence if that song starts. <laughs> she yeah, is, that makes sense. She yeah. is elbowing people yeah. out of the way to find a dance floor. Come yeah, on. I will tell you, if you ever go to any wedding of white people, the father <laughs> of one of the people will ask for the Macarena. That, it, yes, it's always the right. dad, and he will always ask for it. And he'll be like, come on, guys. Every, it's going to get everyone on the dance floor. You're like, really? What world do you live in where everyone's going to be like, oh, I have to now? Everyone knows the Macarena. <laughs> My God. That's that in the electric shuffle, right? Electric slide. Electric slide. Electric slide. Yeah. One hot brown. No. Mm. <laughs> Draw the brown. 
That is that is a big thing. Uh, uh, that may have a different name. You're right. That particular song may be called something else. Yeah, that uh, that any song with directions. White people <laughs> oh, love directions. Yep, yep. Just tell me what to do when I dance. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I have no real rhythm or soul. The, just let yep. me. Just tell Literally. me what to do. Line dancing. We, we need direction. We need help <laughs> learning how to dance. Tell me to what. To the left. Okay, one step. We get that. It's always hilarious when people start too close to the stage when that happens. <laughs> yep. And they're like, take one step forward. And everyone's like, hey, okay, we're kind of real up on each other now. Hey, and what, then the guys will be like, eight steps back. Just everybody spread it out a little bit. What are the first two dances I ever learned in my life? <laughs> the Hokey Pokey and oh, the Cotton Eye Joe. A lot of directions going on. Yeah. Hokey right? Pokey might be the whitest song ever, right? Hokey Pokey's right up there. I think that's the problem with white people. You learn to dance. <laughs> I think you're just supposed to dance and enjoy life. You should just dance. Yeah. yeah that's if, what... you're, if you're like, I've got it down. Yeah. Trust me. I can do this emotionlessly now. Well, speaking of dancing and enjoying life, I know you are doing that every day now since the NBA draft. You got to be on vacation during the draft. Yeah. You, you didn't have pressure. You knew your team, the San Antonio Spurs, were going to take Victor Wimbenyama, and you just had this glow ever since you got back. And it's not just from the beach. It is from <laughs> Victor Wimbenyama and Wimby Mania. It's it really fun. Since the draft lottery, you've basically gone into, yeah, it's going to be a real hard offseason to mess up because you just have to add one piece, and then yeah. everyone's happy next year. So let me start there. As, as the basketball fan you are, and you have obviously seen some great Spurs teams, Based on what you think he's going to be, give me that piece. What's the piece that you'd like to see with him that you think could unlock him as an NBA player and really get things going where you're thinking, hey, now, this could lead to jewelry? God, that's that's the question. That's why I don't think the Spurs are going to do much this se- this offseason. Because I think you sit and you go, we don't know what player you need to put next to him. Because if you put a ball-dominant person, is it going to you know affect it too much that they're going to go away from him? Because teams are going to try and double team down on women at points and try and you know run switches and stuff. Because when you have a seven footer that's going to drive on the perimeter, we saw it in the NBA Finals with Jokic. It's just hard to guard that because your seven footers and most teams can't get out. But if you go in and put a six eight guy on him that can that can stay with him, well then he can just shoot over the top of him all game long. And just as long as he gets position, he's good to go. And if you start bumping him, I know he's a rookie, and I know that people are like the game. Once you get inside, all he has to do is turn and face up. And you can't touch him anymore. So I get if his back's to the basket, yes, you can be physical with him. But if he turns and faces you and you're 6'7", he just shoots over the top of you. Mm-hmm. And you can't really do anything about it because you can't then put your hands on him. So the physicality of the game, he just has to turn around a lot of times if you, if you play undersized on him. Uh, I, I'm curious to see how they make it work with Sohan. Uh, that really it seems like those guys don't necessarily fit on the court together great. But they're definitely going to try it out this off, this season. See how he plays with Zach Collins. If Zach Collins is able to stretch him a little bit more, Keldon Johnson's another name in there that you want to see what he does. Trey Jones is a free agent, so we'll see if they are able to re-sign him. I don't know what the market is for Trey Jones yet, so we'll see a little bit more if he just kind of re-signs on maybe a two- or three-year deal. Devin Vassell, I, I, I think you just this offseason basically have him come in with what you got, all your young pieces. There's not a big free agent name that it, you're not paying Chris Middleton $40 million to come in. You're not paying James Harden forty million dollars to come in, so you definitely shouldn't do that. No, so who are you? Who are you paying? You know, are you going to go after Fred VanVleet and just go? Well, we know we're going to overpay for you, and you know you're you're never going to be a top five point guard in the league, but we'll pay you like you are, and hope for the best. And kind of already said it. I think you just don't need to set your rebuild there. You have guys like Devontae Graham 
and Doug McDermott and guys like that that are under contract. So you can basically stretch out for another year and spend a little bit of money in some different places and then next year go into free agency with a little bit more spending room and try and go make a splash once you know what Minyama wants and what, what plays well with him. Because I can't tell you. I, can't, I mean, you assume that you would like to have a stretch five, but who doesn't want a stretch five right now mm-hmm. that can, can can play that's a really good rim protector and can play in the post in twin towers but also not have to be stationed under the post, you know, giving a, giving to opposing teams another defender under the basket. But as far as a shooting guard point guard, he's been in the French League. I, I You just don't know if you want the run and gun guy and he can go run with them. Or if you want somebody that's going to set it up a little bit more. I think it pops offense you prefer to set it up a little bit more. But we'll see going into the early season. I mean, personally, you, I'd like to see him with somebody a little bit more loose, like how Tony and Manu would play at times, where they could play in a half court. Hmm. But if you let him go on a fast break, you could go. Yeah, it's going to be wild to see. Patrick, James Jones calls you. He says, we want to trade you DeAndre Ayton. We want Zach Collins, Dylan Fassell, maybe a few picks back. Would you would you take that? No, because you get him for less. But I, I I don't think you go DeAndre Ayton's a, a difficult one that I don't necessarily leverage the future on a guy knowing that you're going to also make him a number two because I don't think he wants to be a number two. And I mean he's a number four now in, in Phoenix, so a number two is a massive step up. But I think he wants to have the ball in his hands more, and so putting him on a team where you're like we don't want you to play offense really, it, it's not going to make him any happier and make him want to practice anymore. So I, I wouldn't necessarily. I don't think that's a change of scenery that he needs. Uh, and and I like Devin Vassell. He has a he has a really bright future as a as a good role player. And he's, he's his price tag isn't too bad right now. So in terms of in terms of Wimbenyama, could you treat him moving forward like a taller Kevin Durant, and therefore pair him up with somebody that you think that that would you know, treat him like a big, tall, freaky scorer, and then put a I don't know a Devin Booker type. A you know sort of Kobe sized guy that's, that's a badass scorer. That's how I in my vision I'm trying to think of it as a the big guy. And maybe I've been trained by the Shaq and Kobe years. Yeah. I'm trying to think of him as like a freaky Shaq type at center, whatever he's going to be. And then how do you find him his his version of Kobe? Is oh, it too simplistic? No, or? no, no. Because I, the problem with when we make the Kevin Durant analogy, I think playing styles a lot. The question is going to be temperamentally. And how much does he want the ball in his hands? When did Kevin Garnett win a ring? With Steph Curry when he was the second option. He loved that. He loved that he was able to go and go, Steph's going to run the team, and they have their team chemistry, and I can come over here and just ball and don't care about anything else. I don't think that's how Wimbanyama's going to be. I think he's going to be wanting to be more a part of it. And so that changes to where, well, what did Kevin Durant need? Steph Curry. He needed another shooter to basically open it up, and that's what they're trying to do with Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. And then I love that the Kyrie rumor floated out today that he's going to meet with the Phoenix. And as a Mavs, like, I don't want that to happen to the Mavs. They just lose Kyrie Irving. But, boy, would that be fun to watch. Just four guys pretending that there's not one basketball. Wait a minute. Kyrie to the Suns as well as Beal? He said he's going to meet with them. Oh, good grief. He has said he's meeting with the Of course he is, though, because Durant asked him to come meet with them. Oh, okay. They're buddies. He asked him to come meet with him. It's nothing, but that okay. but that story came out that he said once free agency that starts tomorrow, he will the moratorium where they can talk to teams. Kyrie Irving will talk to the Phoenix Suns. Wow. So okay. I mean, it's just fun because if you look at that lineup, that's wild. They're very limited <laughs> in what they could offer Kyrie, and, and it's also I mean, yeah, it's basically he would have to go for no money. And then that might be one of the most non non defensive playing teams on the face no, of this and earth. It's, they all have to play the entire game. 
No one's coming out. Right. You play the entire game. And they'll need to score 128 a game. Basically, oh, at least. Yeah. If they go after, if they sign Kyrie, I mean, the only option is a veteran minimum, which, you know, I don't, it depends on how much Kyrie wants to win versus how much he wants to get money. Because if he wants money, staying in Dallas is the right move because oh, yeah. they can offer him the most money. If he wants to win, you have the Lakers who could offer him that mid level uh, trade exception, which is $12 million per year. Phoenix, they're in trouble unless they move Aiton. So for that to work out, they would have to move Aiton. But it sounds like they want to keep Aiton. But that could just be they, they what they're saying. To they, the they don't want to keep Aiton. That's that's. Have you noticed that Aiton gets involved in a trade rumor every four days, and then they go, "Now we're going to keep him." And then four days later, he's involved in another trade rumor. They're just trying to not let his value down because as soon as you say you want to move a guy, you get nothing for him. Right. So the minute he is no longer wanted in Phoenix, he's good for a, a one first round pick, and. And you know, like a, a, a okay player, and they're not even gonna want. They're gonna want you to take salary back. So, like, apparently that was a whole deal. And the, the Mavs trade, the rumor was they wanted them to take Javale McGee as part of that deal. And when they were like, "Well, we don't want Javale McGee's contract," they were like, ah, "No deal." And Dallas pulled off just giving up Tim Hardaway Jr. the tenth pick, and like it was a ridiculously one sided trade in Dallas. And then they wouldn't even do it for Javale McGee because they thought they'd get away with it. Hmm. Uh, Patrick Davis joining us, talking some hoops here in this third hour. So I've heard a lot of different questions about Wimbenyama, and I asked a guest this week about what's the ceiling and the floor. I'm going to ask it a little differently for you, though. You're a fan of this team. You've got five rings in your pocket right now. You've watched the greatness. What's the bar for you? The bar above which you'll go, yep, and uh, below which snarky Rockets and Mavericks fans <laughs> like me will go, hey, man, I don't know that you got enough out of your guy. What's the bar for you? So I, as a team, you're looking, I'm thinking this team will be around a play-in team. I think that's where around they'll be next year. If you, I don't think they're going to be competing at a so – it just takes time to build. It's just hard. No, no, wait a second. I don't mean next year. You mean overall? I mean overall. What's the point at which you'll be able to check the box if you get there and none of us can say anything. The bar of, yep, it worked, he's a badass, he's Victor Wimbenyama. In your mind as a Spurs fan, what is that? It's an MVP and a championship. Like, that's the reality of, if okay. you say this guy is one of the all-time best prospects. It's a ring and hold that little smaller trophy. Yes. Okay. The, in, yeah. MVP, and because that's what it is. Like, that's if you want to be a generational talent, you have to have those two things, right? Two or three playoff runs won't do it. No, because playoff, it's Chris Paul is not considered that, right? Chris Paul has <laughs> so many records. That's a hell of a name to bring up. That's, but no, but that's no, my but point that, is how many playoff runs has yep. he had? Yeah. He's had, what, seven playoff runs? You're right. And does anyone think of anything but a choker? Mm. Does anybody think, oh, man, that guy trails off in the playoffs every single year? Right. And he's done so many great things in his career, but that's the legacy. So until you get that one ring, even if it's a Durant ring, because the Durant rings when in 10 years, 20 years, he'll have them still. And people won't go, oh, well, he went because everyone does that. Like Damian Lillard is the far right. outlier of a guy who's never gone to another team. Yeah. But Victor does have, certainly has that feel of Tim Duncan right now that Tim Duncan was never going to win a ring that he didn't get full credit for. Yeah. V every ring Victor gets, if he gets them, will yes. be Victor's. They could put a V on every <laughs> ring because he will get credit, no yes. doubt. Yeah, and I mean, that's what I'm saying. But, yeah, if you want to say where's the, okay, I'm excited about, like where I'm I, I'm okay with it, yeah, it's an MVP and a championship, which yeah. is a super high lofty expectation. It is. I don't think if he has a good career, then you go, what a waste. But if you want to say 
to meet expectations. Right. That's what they've been set at. Yeah. I think that's fair. I really think that's fair. And I asked it wondering if you might even go farther than that, honestly. Can't- no, because you can't say in today's NBA, a dynasty like that. We saw what uh, Giannis has done. And that Milwaukee team could be crumbling right now. And if he wins a championship, it seems like it's going to be years off because I don't know if they're going to be able to keep it together this offseason. Mm-hmm. And if that's not, you got to try and reload around a star that you're paying a ton of money to. And it's not his fault at all. It's, you know, he got hurt this year, which kind of killed that run. And he's been playing, but he's won two MVPs. He's won a title in Milwaukee. Yeah. It, it, like, it's not his fault that nobody else wants to play in Milwaukee. And it's just hard to build a team. Yeah. And in Victor's case, too, it is the fact that it is a perfect fit in terms of a franchise, but it's a franchise with expectations. Yeah. It's a franchise that does that. Do they have the most all time? They don't. There's two other teams that have that, but the Spurs are in that category right underneath the two big dogs yeah. of. It's a place that expects jewelry. Yeah. And two of our biggest three names ever are have rings, multiple rings, and David and Tim. Yeah. Right. And then it's just George Gervin didn't, but that was also, he merged from the ABA. And those are the last two times you had that pick. Yeah. Right? That's exactly. the other thing, too. Yeah. You have turned two number one overall picks into five combined titles, and you, like you said, each of them have multiple. Yeah. And two MVPs. And, right, and two, that two league MVPs. Two league saying. MVPs. And then, obviously. Well, you get a finals MVP every single year. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right, exactly. <laughs> but between those two guys, Duncan has, is it one or two finals MVPs? Two, right, or three? He probably has three. Kawhi's got one. Kawhi's got one, Tony's got Tony one. Tony had one. That means Tim's got two, and then, who was the, who was, was he in 99? Yeah. He was 99, okay. All right, there's, some, there's another one I'm thinking No, of. because that's the, the picture. I know 99-2003 because the picture is David with the trophy and Tim with the MVP. Yes, yes. That's the picture. Is. That's yeah. right. That is it. That that's is it. 99 3 Duncan's Finals got MVP. three. Yeah. And, and then, then, it, then Tony wins 7 and, and then 14. Right. Right. Gotcha. Uh, that is Patrick Davis. Check out Ball Don't Lie, of course, coming up at 3. Insincerious tonight at 8. Will yes. it be just all Wimbenyama glowing tonight? What, it, what, what are like, you planning? I'm sure we'll go into... I like I love going down the rabbit hole of NBA free agency and where guys may end up and go and I you know some people just have certain guys ranked higher than I would have them. The whole Draymond Green thing to me is is fascinating mm-hmm. that this guy opted out at later in his career and somehow he's one of the most sought after free agents in free agency right now. Even though the guy cannot play off, it cannot shoot a ball in a league that you have to be able to score in. It's a good passer. Yeah, I don't get it. It does not make sense to me. It's why you do not let players be GMs. It's why you don't let us. <laughs> that is Patrick Davis, kids. It's Patrick Davis on Twitter if you want to give him a follow. Appreciate the visit, sir. Um, knew I wanted to talk a little basketball, and I knew you were the guy to talk basketball oh, with. Anytime, thank anytime. You, thank you so much. He is a glowing Spurs fan, that black and silver shining ever so bright after the Victor Wimbenyama draft. Coming up, we'll get you why today matters. Only three people in NBA history have ever done it. One of them has a birthday today. We'll tell you who that is coming up on the horn. That is much better with the long intro. Way better with the build-up intro. You can just feel the energy building. Oh, that's brilliant. The Village People and YMCA. 
This is something white people are into. When's the last time you did the YMCA show? Ooh. Um, ironically, well, maybe this is not ironic. Probably <laughs> Worst Vest. Okay. Like hammered in New Braunfels and the band probably played a version of it, like a German-influenced version of it. That might be the last time I actually did the YMCA. I've been asked plenty of times at weddings and probably my wedding. Come on, Chad. And I had a drink in my hand or decided to go get a drink. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. The latter. Did not want to deal with the YMCA. Not a big YMCA guy in terms of that. The Village People, Oasis, The Killers, Leonard Skinner, Neil Diamond, Cameron taking the challenge today of songs that he believes white people are into. So far, I think he's, I, I think you're batting a thousand. Even the Macklemore beat, that was well well placed uh, from what I've learned of Macklemore over, uh, over the uh, last few years of trying to figure out exactly what's going on there. Uh, before we get to why today matters, let me tell you why the beginning of July is about to matter for you music fans. We were just talking music. How about Coke Fest 2023? It is right around the corner, and we're celebrating with a 4th of July ticket blowout. Beginning Saturday on July 1st at midnight, visit CokeFM.com and grab your ticket discount code Good on two, four, or six tickets. Coke Fest is Friday, August 4th, and Saturday, August 5th, out in Hutto, of course. Two days, 12 bands, one big old talent field stage throughout the day. Not as many people probably at a time as what the NHL did last night with the Montreal Canadiens, but they will have a lot of people on stage at any given moment. See the complete lineup at CokeFest.com and visit CokeFM.com or the social media channels Saturday morning for that discount code. Uh, in fact, I am trying to uh, get Eric Rains of Coke FM to come on the show tomorrow Ooh. and talk some Coke Fest and maybe some sports with us because Eric Rains is one of our most consistent listeners and loves the Longhorns. It's a really good lineup this year, Chen. Yeah, they do, and they have another good lineup for, uh, for Coke Fest. All right, uh, let's jump into a little June 29th. We'll tell you why today matters and uh, answer that NBA trivia question. Here we go. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialist. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialist. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. All righty, here it is. We will start with that birthday. There are only three players in NBA history who have won a finals MVP with multiple Teams, Cameron, you had a little trouble on getting this last one, but you did get all three. Two of these, I think, are easier, and then depending on where your fandom lies, the other one could be kind of easy too. Yeah, for, for the most part, um, I mean, if you're a Spurs fan, you'll get it pretty quickly because you faced or they played on your team too. Or right. two of the players played or played against you in the finals. That's true. That's true. When I asked Patrick Davis as he was walking out, he immediately said the birthday boy, Kawhi Leonard, at 32 years old today. He is one of the guys. Finals MVP on multiple teams, obviously with the Spurs in 2014, and then with Toronto in 2019. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Correct. Uh, the other two will certainly seem obvious that in this era of the NBA. LeBron's an easy guess for folks, right? It's three different teams yep. that he's won a title with, but he's won the finals MVP on at least two of those teams. I guess he would have been the MVP for one of the Miamis and the Cleveland one. 2012 Miami. Is that right? 2016 Cleveland and then 2020 Oh, he Los was Angeles. he was MVP with the Lakers. So he's done it on three different teams. Right. Wow. It was LeBron James and not Anthony Davis, correct? Oh. Why did I not think that was LeBron? I have to double check that one. Yes, he won in the MVP. He was, Finals okay. MVP. It was his fourth one. Wow. So he's won all four. Yes. Okay. There you go. Uh, that was, I know like Shaq had the first three of his run, uh, was MVP for every one of them. So, uh, yeah, that's that's impressive. So LeBron uh, Kawhi Leonard, and the other one is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Obviously, if you are a certain age, you might not remember him all the way back to being a buck, but he would have done that there, too. So did it in uh, Milwaukee and did it, of course, with the Lakers. So happy birthday to Kawhi Leonard today, 32 years old. And uh, that's one of those it, – it's a strange story. I, th- I didn't ask this question of, of Patrick uh, Cameron when he was in here, but I also wonder – there's never going to be a moment where Spurs fans, you know, ever fully forgive Kawhi for what happened and the way it ended. But he did help them get a championship, and he did. Get, he was the MVP of that championship and, and all that. Do you think if Victor Wembanyama gets them, is it one more ring, or would it need to be two more rings before they really do put down the Kawhi baggage? To really put that story behind them, and no matter what Mavs, Rockets, or any other fan would pick on them about it, they could officially just breathe it out and say, you know what, we're way past that. See, as an OKC fan, went through the same thing with Kevin Durant, right? Yeah. And what helps me you know, not be so, have that much baggage against him is KD was always going to leave because look at how he's bounced around since then. He's played for Brooklyn. Mm. He's played for Golden State. Now he plays for Phoenix. For Kawhi? With the Toronto, now plays for L.A. These guys, they were never going to spend their entire careers with one player. So knowing that has helped me, you know, comically forgive KD if you want to say that. Because, you know, he was the type of guy that eventually he wanted to play other places. He didn't want to live in Oklahoma City. Kawhi didn't want to live in San Antonio for his entire life. They wanted to go to L.A. KD wanted to go to the West Coast and then back to the East Coast where his, you know, his corporation was was set up. His his business, the boardroom runs out of. So for that, I think helps fans forgive him easily. But as we see the specs text line light up with a lot of, I will never forgive Kawhi's. Maybe not. So I don't know. I, it feels like even if they do want a couple of rings, I don't know if you're fully going to get over. It. If you're not going to get over it by now, I don't think you ever will, right? Yeah, multiple all caps. I will never forgive Kawhi. Text coming in. Another one says, "Who's Kawhi?" LOL. Go Spurs. Go. And then the nice version is, "Buck off to Mr. Leonard," from one of the listeners. So thank you. Uh, that's from Pastor Smasher. So Spurs fans, do you do you not watch the 2014 like highlights like? Do you not watch game was it game six or game five when Kawhi just literally just annihilated LeBron James? You just forget about that. That's a good question because I've always said, and this is as a third party observer and a Mavs fan, that up in my lifetime, that is one of the most just dominant NBA Finals ass whippings I've ever seen. Yeah, ever. And I went back and looked and compared it to others. I had to go back to. 
Like I think I had to go back and find like a Celtics win in the like in the Red Arbach run mm-hmm. of that that eight out of ten or whatever they did. Like I had to go back that far to find like an average margin throughout an NBA Finals that was comparable. I mean, they smashed Miami that year and ultimately ended LeBron's beach plans. Like, it just felt like the way they beat him, it forced him to change his mind. Yeah. Like, it almost forced him. Like, hey, man, I don't know if you want to go back home to Cleveland. I don't know if you want to go to a different team. But you just can't play here anymore because of how badly we just beat you. And that's not really what it – I mean, it didn't have to be that way, but that's the way it felt. So, if I was a Spurs fan, I'd still hang on to it for yeah. that. Not for Kawhi, but I'd hang on to it for the bludgeoning that it was. Yeah, and unlike KD, Kawhi – one San Antonio, that championship. You know, KD promised OKC a ring, and they're still looking for it. At least for Spurs fans, you got it. And, yeah, it ended very sourly. But at the same time, I mean, I know you look at David Robinson, you look at Tim Duncan, and possibly Webb and Yama, where they're going to play their entire careers with one city, they're loyal. That's just not how Kawhi Leonard was built, and that's certainly not how Uncle Dennis was built. Yeah, this says bleep Kawhi and bleep Draymond Green. Raptors don't (laughs) Draymond. Raptors don't beat Golden State if KD doesn't get hurt. And another text says he was supposed to he was supposed to be the next in line. Kawhi broke my heart. That is why my heart hurts. He was supposed to be the next in line. No skipped beat. Buck off Zaza. And we'd have won another one. Yeah, that's a fan right there that knows the Zaza Pachulia play uh, is big. This says, without him, we don't have five. I'm a Spurs fan. I'm not a Kawhi hater like most. Happy birthday to Kawhi today at 32 years old. Also today, happy birthday to Nicole Scherzinger, lead singer of the Pussycat Dolls. and She's done some other things since. Uh, a smoking hottie at 45 years old. Gary Busey. He's still hanging, kids, mm. 79 years old today. If you see Gary, get ready to have a conversation, but it's probably going to be long, so just make sure you don't have plans. Happy birthday to Gary. Uh, rest in peace to the great Craig Sager. He would have been 72 today. Sager died all the way back in 2016. Man, time flies. Seven years ago, Craig Sager, um, his battle with cancer, uh, all those crazy cool suits that he would wear, NBA community uh, stepped up for him. I remember at that time, so sad uh, that he lost his battle in 2016. Happy birthday to him. And if you are a Saturday Night Live freak, Colin Jost is 41 years old. I think he's still with Scarlett Johansson. Good for him. The lucky devil and finally cam we have four things today that get national days and i'm going to argue all four of them are endangered species you you do not encounter them much you do not see them much but they're all kind of great in their own way today is national handshake day not as many of those anymore but when when you encounter a good one it is pretty fantastic talking about it's like just dapping guys up or just a formal hey no that's doing i think the formal handshake is good i can do hey if it's the if it's the half Kind of that one-handed guy hug and handshake. I can go with that. But I also just like a good, I mean, business. Solid firm handshake. Business quality, look them in the eyes, handshake. It's fantastic. There is nothing like a true handshake. That's true. Yeah. I got one from a kid a couple years ago at Kyle Field out of nowhere. I just did a, hey, my name is so-and-so because we started cheering for the team and high-fiving and stuff. And I just, hey, by the way, my name is – and she just stuck her hand out and shook my hand, looked me dead in the <laughs> face. And I'm like, all right, you go. We're teaching the kids right. National Handshake Day. So uh, as long as you have your Purell with you, throw out a good handshake today. It's also National Camera Day. I'm not talking about the one that's on your phone. Real, actual cameras. 
even I have stopped using my real actual camera. Really? Okay. And I have to make myself when I go on trips and when I, you know, do vacations and stuff, I make myself do it. But I love real cameras. I love taking, you know, trying to take a good photograph and everything. So keep those cameras if you, if you can. It's not doesn't have to be your phone every time. I think with how social media is kind of blown up, you're seeing, you know, more importance put on, you know, content creation. I think we're seeing a rise more in people purchasing cameras because I certainly have friends who now they're in the sports business where they you know they want to work for teams i have a friend who works for the orlando magic right and as a young kid he went out and bought a very nice camera yeah now they, so, they've got to have the badass yeah. ones yeah that's true national camera day today is also national waffle iron day not a ton of those around anymore you see them every once in a while and when you get a good one the waffle can be pretty fantastic hotels you might see that for the continental breakfast i'll stay in a hotel with a continental breakfast every now and again sometimes they have the big waffle iron for everybody to make can get really dangerous, but it can also get really tasty. I think the last one I had was actually the Big 12 Media Days last year at the hotel. And I think probably, again, we're going to fire that bad boy there up in the morning. There go. A little waffle iron for people. Yeah, I always wonder just how many of those people, like how long has it been since you've had a waffle? And you see it at the hotel and you just think, oh, my God, I'm going to have a waffle. Let's do it. See, here's here's my argument. I think pancakes you can replicate at home. Well, they won't be as good as like the IHOP pancakes. You can still make pretty good, damn good pancakes. Waffles. I have never found a waffle that compares to Waffle House waffles. Really? That I've made at home or made through a waffle iron. Now, maybe I just don't have the right butter, the right batter. Maybe I, it's, yeah. it's, it's too healthy, but I have not been able to make a good waffle at home. This is really interesting. I get to, you know, however long you've been battling with this, I get to take this tension away. Yeah. <laughs> I have the answer to your question. Okay. Waffle House doesn't serve waffles. They can call them whatever they want, okay. but you're not eating a waffle. So when you're going when you're going to waffle mix later to try to replicate that thing, that's not a waffle, and, yeah. it's, not, and it's not a pancake. Okay. I still don't know what it is. People flock to it. Also, you were obviously hammered. I mean, those two things combined, I think. So you don't like Waffle House? No. Okay, where have you had Waffle House outside of Texas? No. Okay, that's why. Not. That's why. Okay. See, I haven't eaten at a Waffle House in Texas. So I've had it here. in North Carolina, okay. in Florida. I've had it in dirty places in the dirty south. That's why it's supposed so to be good. better. Okay. I think so. Maybe I'll try that at some point because I had it on the one out here on 290, uh, you know, 290 headed towards Maynard. Yeah, I'm eh. probably not. It it's, like, it's like eating a water burger in Tennessee. It's just like, I am I supposed okay. to be eating this right now? Is Maybe this you're right. loud? Maybe you are right. Yeah, it wasn't the uh, the greatest. It wasn't the greatest thing for me. But that's that's just me. So it is Waffle Iron Day, and one more National Bomb Pop Day. When's the last time you had a bomb pop? Red, white, and blue, all American dessert, the popsicle, to re- that really started it all. When's the last time you had a bomb pop? Oh man. I don't know, Chad. You've never had Sadly, one? Sadly, it's probably been since I was a kid. Okay, yeah. No, it's a, it's a solid item. I don't see a lot of uh, ice cream trucks around anymore. Exactly. There's not as many ice cream trucks. When you go to the you know convenience store, the bomb pop's not going to be the first thing you look for, but... Next time you're, you know, next time you see the, the the frozen case there, just double check. Maybe get yourself a bomb pop. Do you think we could our own ice cream truck? Would that be too creepy? Two white bald guys in a truck? Oh yeah, especially if you play that Macklemore tune. <laughs> if we come around the corner with, they're gonna shut us down really fast.
really some Don Johnson, yeah, really fast. Yeah, somebody said we got to play Don Johnson if you're going to do uh, music white folks like. All right, so coming up, we will get you stems and seeds. If you're just jumping in, some big stories from today, including the change that David Pierce made today that Longhorn baseball fans are talking about. Don't move. It's the horn. I hadn't even thought of this song. Yeah? Yeah, I guess so. Never been to see this band live, but I'm assuming when they play it, I, it's massive. Um, Trying to remember who it is. It's a pretty big band. It's like a... Oh, God. It's not like Blur or something, is it? It's, no, but it's the same, the same era, correct? It's kind of, yeah, I just can't think of it. Who is it? Late 90s. Uh, Semi-Sonic. Semi-Sonic. Yep, wasn't going to come up with that one. Semi-Sonic rounds it out to go with the Village People, Oasis, The Killers, Leonard Skinner, and Neil Diamond. Music that Cameron thinks white folks like. We got accused of being the whitest show possible yesterday, even while Cameron was playing nothing but Houston area hip-hop. That irony was followed by today. Uh, where one of our listeners texted that it's actually the Paul Feinbaum show that is the most (laughs) white show out there. We will let uh, all of you figure that out. Thank you to Cameron Parker for all of his hard work this week. Thank you, Cam. I know you're going to be off tomorrow, but I do appreciate the work this week. Always always good hanging out with you, and I appreciate you doing the extra work. It's always fun to be back with you, Chad. Yeah, I I appreciate you. You've gotten some love on the Specs text line. I know the folks uh, enjoy listening to you on Light the Tower, and we hope uh, listen to you on this show as well. And Cameron has been a part of this show kind of on and off here and there uh, for uh, for a couple years now. So it's great to hang out with Cameron for a little while. And uh, and even when he was playing, you know, (laughs) even when he was playing the Village People, even when he played YMCA, I even uh, even enjoyed it then. A couple of great texts that came in on the Specs text line, 337-377. Seven seven six. This one says, Hideaway Kitchen has the best dang waffles in town. We'll give them a quick shout out. And the dog my ex-wife took was named Kawhi. Heartbreak twice. Interesting. That, now that's double the heartbreak if you're a Spurs fan. You fall in love with the dog, you name the dog Kawhi, and then they both end up leaving you. That's rough. That is rough. We talked a little Spurs earlier with Patrick Davis uh, as he jumped in. Patrick and Rod coming up, rounding out uh, this Thursday as Harge continues his week of vacation. Rod and Patrick coming up with Ball Don't Lie. Longhorn Blitz podcast replay at 7 and then 8 o'clock in Sincerious with Patrick and the crew. All right, uh, let's get you stems and seeds before we get out of here. We'll start with the story that we started the show with. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. 
Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. And that is the Texas baseball story. They need a new pitching coach. Woody Williams fired after one season. We had some fans, a lot of different angles on this thing. Fans just texting in, hey, what happened? What's going on with Woody Williams? Some thinking it's a good move and needed to be made. Some thinking he didn't need to be fired. And others wondering how much extra pressure this might put on David Pierce for 2024 coming up. Obviously, this next season will be the last one for Texas in the Big 12. And then, whew, welcome to an SEC baseball conference that has not been easy in a long, long time. We just told you four straight titles, six straight years where there's a team in the championship, 14 out of 15 years uh, one team's been in the title uh, in the, the championship round. And, of course, LSU just got their seventh national title. So Texas needs a new pitching coach. Also, yesterday, uh, we told you headed into Ball Don't Lie about the recruiting situation with Texas. If you missed it, Daniel Cruz, young man out of North Richland Hills, did pick Texas. Uh, verbal commitment number eight in the 2024 class. Cameron, you as a Longhorn fan, you got to be thrilled about especially these last four guys. Running back, running back, O-line, O-line. You got your two running backs that look like they'll be pretty badass. Four-star level guys. Followed by two big humans like yeah. Sark wants. We talked about it with Anwar Richardson yesterday, Chad. It feels like this Texas staff in their year three are able to really just go after the recruits they want. Pick and choose, baby. Pick and choose. Yep. Got to do it. Uh, Cameron, enjoy your time off coming up here. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you again for the work. And uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. There's some article out there where – where somebody's breaking down why A&M football hadn't been very good lately. I guess I need to read up on that, see if I can figure out the secrets, huh, uh, of what's been going on. We'll get into that maybe tomorrow as well. Plus, tomorrow around 105, Rod Babers will jump in. 205, Jeff Ketchum from Orange Bloods. And I'm going to try to grab Eric Rains to talk about a little Coke Fest. Plus, we'll get into all kinds of other things on a Friday. And Jack Farrell will be in. We're going to talk a lot of cool stuff tomorrow. Stay safe. See you.